Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. You know what it is. It's the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about new movies, uh, both with ourselves and for you, the listener. I'm joined once again by my brother, Jeremy Kolodzewski. Hello. How's it going, Jeremy? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Yeah? You ready to talk about a movie? I'm ready to talk about a movie. We... What movie did we watch, Jeremy? We watched a movie called Possessor. Possessor. Or as it's called on IMDb right now, for some reason, Possessor Uncut. Yeah, technically Possessor Uncut. Um, I don't know what the cut version was, because I think both of us watched the uncut version. So I think that's the only version that's available right now. Okay, well then maybe uh, it'll be kind of an inverse situation where the, the cut version is the, the coveted rare version of this movie. But anyway, what's this, uh, what's, what's Possessor Uncut about, Jeremy? So, Possessor is the new film from uh, Cronenberg, but not... Oh, David. No. No, oh. not not Big Papa David, but the son, Brandon Cronenberg. This is his second film. The first film was a movie he did called Antiviral uh, back in 2012, and now he's back some years later with uh, Antiviral, and he has with brought Possessor. along... Antiviral with possess- the- with yes. Possessor, yes. Written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Young Cronenberg. Yeah. And uh, he has continued the family tradition of science fiction uh, horror films that focus on the destruction of the body and the mind. Yes. Which is something that uh, David Cronenberg was very interested for a period of like 25 years mm-hmm. of his filmography, but ever since like the early 2000s, he kind of uh, kind into, into Russian other... crime now. He was making Russian crime novels, crime novel, crime, crime films. Were they based then... on novels, or are they just? I think a history of violence was based that's on a novel, a gra- right? Uh, I think that was based on a. I think that's a graphic novel. Oh, interesting. Okay. But uh, yeah, history of violence, uh, Eastern Promises, um, and then in like the early 2010s, he was making like uh, he was making like weird Hollywood satires that weren't that great, like Cosmopolis and Maps to the Stars. But we have the son bringing back the body horror in in a really the people what they exciting want. way. And carrying on that Cronenberg legacy that we all know and love. Absolutely. This definitely has uh, the most uh, DNA, the most in common with uh, his earlier work, like like probably Videodrome and Scanners. Mm -hmm. All Hail the New Flesh. Oh, yeah. Or is it Long Live the New Flesh? It's Long Live the New Flesh. Okay. Close enough. Yeah. Where it's a science fiction film that... uh, that is all about the violation of the mind and the body and how uh, technology can make you lose your identity and your sense of self. Yeah, he definitely uh, continues that that trend, uh, picks up with his where his father left off and is is doing that again with Possessor. Um, do you want to give like a quick rundown, I guess, of of what You've kind of said what it's about, but what's what's the basic plot here? Which I think this is probably just saying this on top, up top. This is probably one of those movies where I think the less you know going in, probably the better off you are. Because I think the way that it builds its world and its story is is one of the cooler aspects of the movie. Yeah. So we have Andrea Riseborough from uh, Mandy. She was Mandy, mm-hmm. as well as other films like like Birdman and have you and what have you. Um, she plays the uh, top assassin of this underground assassination company or Not organization. Not too many assassination uh, organizations are above ground, I would say, probably. Right, right, right. But uh, this one specializes in this piece of technology where they utilize uh, – kidnapping a certain subject that's close to their their target and implanting the assassin's consciousness into that uh that person so they can get close to the target and kill them and get themselves out without any traces of of uh 
like who who committed the crime. It's all put on like the person that's close to them, whether it's like the 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 like a worker or a boyfriend and it's um, much more complicated than uh the the video game hit, hitman approach where you just knock out somebody and put on their clothes and everybody's just kind of like yeah you look like that guy pretty much yeah. bald now with a barcode on the back of your head but yeah whatever yeah everyone just like kind of invites you in and lets you do what you want to do i guess because agent 47 is very charming uh, is very charming yeah andrea riseborough's character is going through quite a bit yeah this. Uh yeah, she's uh, she's not quite as as charming. She's going through a lot. She's, she's going through some shit. It's, and, it's uh, a terrific so. performance. It, yes, very much so. I I think uh, it is a, a very good performance. Anybody who is into her performance in Mandy, I think, will be pleased here with Possessor. I think if you are into Mandy in general, I think Possessor will speak to you. Probably yes. Probably some crossover there. Uh, if you were into that, you'll as, you'll as probably a, be a fan of this one. As a slow burn, independent, very visually focused uh, horror thriller. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely in that wheel. It's definitely in that wheelhouse. It's definitely more so, I think, on the side of the thriller aspect, maybe psychological horror. But it's Hello? certainly. I'm still here. You lose me. Okay. Um, it's definitely yes. still more on the uh, the the psychological aspect, I think, than you know your straight up traditional horror or even body horror. I, I mean, there is certainly some amount of um, just gross stuff going on here, but not as much as like you know, it, it's not to the same level as you know uh, David Cronenberg's like The Fly or, or Videodrome or something like that. That's not to downplay it though, because Possessor is really gnarly. And There's some gnarly bits for sure. If you're not ready for it, it's going to be a lot to handle. Sure. Yep. So yeah. I'm, I'm we'll, gonna we'll I'm talk gonna about go in more of that in the the spoiler the spoiler zone. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything specific, but um, if you are of the easily uh easily squeamish. Uh, you you might want to go into the movie considering that because um, there's it's 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 a pretty brutal film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, I, go ahead. Not Jeremy. not not just physically though. Thematically, it's a very yeah, mentally, brutal film. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's not a film where you leave happily. No, certainly not. It has a very cynical, bordering on like pure nihilistic view of the world and of its of its people, and it leaves you feeling uh, quite cold and contemplative. Yeah, getting into too many specifics. And a little bit, and a little bit gross. You just yeah. feel kind of grimy by the end. Uh, that yeah. said, Jeremy, did you did you like this movie? What did you think about it? Oh yeah, I enjoyed it um, immensely. It it had me hooked the entire time. I was really captivated by the performances and and its color palette and the way it uh it paces itself and how it reveals information and how it reveals uh character and how uh how it keeps you in suspense and has a lot of uh, really fun and inventive twists and turns. And uh, it, it engages you psychologically just, just like, um, just like the best of Cronenberg's of David Cronenberg's work. It, it, uh, it reminded me the most of something like Videodrome where it's, it's taking this, uh, science fiction concepts and uh ex ex and like expanding on it in this really in this really gnarly way and how it uh blends the 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 hum literally the human flesh and and the machine together into something uh really ugly yeah i think i think that was one of the things that struck me the most as as well is i think the the world building is here is really cool like i mm -hmm. like very much this sort of you know it could very much be um just modern day it's not really like futuristic but there is some future tech or definitely tech that does not exist in the real world obviously but i like the way um that that tech is portrayed in a very what's the right way to describe this not down to earth but like it, there is a griminess to it you know it's yeah. not this high tech 
sort of thing. There's some needles and there is some just gross kind of like stuff going on with the tech here. Um, kind of, some of it reminded me of the matrix a little bit actually um mm-hmm. in the way that like they're the way that they're pulling off the you know kind of titular possession that's going on here is like through this kind of like sort of wonky sort of gross technology um and i think the the world building that it does around that stuff is really cool um and yeah i'm, I'm with you that the performances were all like really good across the board especially andrea Reis- riseborough she's great um, and as well as uh christopher abbott who yeah chris I abbott is he's he's also really good who probably not has, john snow has more screen time than andrea riseborough yeah even though it's one of those situations where because it's a possession movie it's someone is being played mm-hmm. it, the character is someone that's trying to play a character inside of a character kind of thing and christopher abbott uh, plays that really well of yeah. uh, switching between both sides and as well as keeping the audience uh, like keeping keeping their toes up in terms of like who who is in control and who is not mm-hmm. in control because that's probably the biggest theme of this film is control right absolutely yeah and, identity and control I think are the two yeah. two of the the main core themes here and how uh, corporations and your job can control you and completely take you over Mm -hmm. or you can lose yourself to those things yeah yeah for sure um do you have any other spoiler free thoughts that you want to get to here before we Um, we go into spoilers i'm ready to uh get into it because i'm being very careful with uh with my words on how to describe this movie but uh i i highly recommend it it's it's one of the most compelling things that i've seen this year and yeah, it's up there for me as well. I think this is going to probably crack my top 10. It's been kind of a weird year. I think all of our top 10s will be a little creative this year, but this one loose. for sure. Yeah, a little loosey-goosey. That's okay. We can we can, we can can get a little loosey-goosey with our top 10. There are no rules. Um, I mean, but yeah, honest, I think- honestly, it's like anything that like holds my attention the entire time is probably going to make my top wow. 10. That is a low bar. <laughs> That's, a it's, it's a it's been a pretty rough year come on there movies. are at least 10 great movies that came out this year i can probably name five but I, i'm just all right hit me with it what do you we'll got? get what into got? that later no we can get into it right now what do you got uh well this one uh okay. oh no invisible man okay dose uh, I really like that documentary on Matt Fury that uh, Robbie and I did one. Uh, feels oh, feels, feels good, good man. man. Yeah, you, I still gotta watch guys, that one. Actually, you guys yeah. can watch. You you guys can listen to that. Uh, dear listener, dear listener, if you haven't already. Uh, I thought Bad Trip was a lot of fun. The Bad Eric Trip. Andre. The oh, Aragon. did that actually come out? Yeah, yeah. That kinda. was one of those movies that was like going to come out, I guess, early summertime, and coronavirus just like totally threw that for you know threw threw a, a wrench in the works there. Like, is that did they just like put that out on VOD or what happened? It kind of came out. I'll say that. Kind of came out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh oh, God, I'm. Bad trip. I forgot about that one. I gotta check that out. Borat, maybe. Admittedly, I haven't seen stuff like First Cow yet. Okay. Yeah, First Cow is one of the ones I was gonna say. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire for me. I really g- great. I guess that's like kind of like a toss up between a 2019 and 2020. That's 2020 for me. It was in theaters in 2020 for me. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's cheating. Like you said, well, loosey goosey. Neither here nor there. Lucy Goose. It was like one of the first movies I saw this year, and the last movie that I saw in theaters before. Yeah, that was uh, the last the world thing I saw. Spun in into chaos as well. Uh, also, I haven't seen. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I don't know if that one will crack my top ten, but that is a very interesting one. I like that one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to like sit down and pretty soon here. Actually, it's getting on to mid-November as we record this, so we're gonna have to figure that out pretty soon 
Yeah. For anyway, real. what do you say uh, we take a quick break and then we go into spoilers? Yeah. But I will say Possessor is 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 definitely a lock for one of the most interesting things I've seen this year. Yeah, I would say – I feel like we say this a lot whenever we record these, but – you probably if you know if you've heard of this movie you probably already know one way or another whether or not you're going to be into it um but i think if you're down for uh cool gritty sci-fi gross out psychological horror thriller this is for you it it delivers on all those yes for sure for sure cool all right we will be right back with some spoilers And we're back. So, where do you want? How do you want to jump into this, Jeremy? Where Where do you want to go first in this spoiler zone? Uh, what stood out to you? What What really? What really stood out to you about this? I mean, I think it opens really strikingly because it kind of like sets the tone for what's going on here. Gives you a pretty gross out kill right up front, and then mm-hmm. wades you right into immediately after that into kind of like some some lore building, some world building. What really stuck out to me is just like how existentially terrifying the concept is. Yeah. And how the Cronenberg is very aware of how existentially terrifying that yes. concept is and leans into it a lot uh visually and and with the writing as well. I think that was maybe my favorite scene of the whole movie is when you see um, you, you see, uh, Rise Barrow's character who is called Voss, right? Tasia Voss. Tasia Voss. She right. the when she takes over, um, uh, Chris like her main yeah Chris Abbott's character, and in it this. does that crazy montage with the with the body yeah. melting. Yeah, that yes. was incredible. That's where you get a lot of your like body horror kind of stuff, and I really like those effects. Those are those are cool, like practical effects. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they he they make a big deal out of like how traumatic something like this is, and I think part of you know part of the core theme of the movie is that sense of identity and how um, Voss loses that sense of identity. Um, over the course of the film and mm-hmm. how it really, the lines kind of start to blur. Um, what's Chris Abbott's character's name here? I'm forgetting off the top of my head. I know they said Tate. Um, yeah. The, the line between Voss and Tate really blurs by the end of this movie. Uh, and there is a kind of fight for control and identity. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's something that she was fighting uh, since like, the very first scene of the right. film and she's like struggling how to how to be a human and not just a unstoppable possessing killing machine right and it seems to be all about like secretly her being an un- unstoppable possessing killing machine is right. what she really wants yes at the end of the day and she doesn't want to like admit it and it's about her like finally giving into that which is really fucked up and subversive yeah i think that's where the the kind of like the nihilistic cynical part is is like at least voss's character here is a monster um this is really like kind of a monster movie and she um she comes across and i guess maybe this is part of it too is like that idea of being a professional hitman right or assassin um lose having to lose that sense of identity because like you know we're introduced to her um i guess are they divorced or are they just separated i don't know if it's, the movie it makes wasn't it clear. really it doesn't really matter clear. but her partner and her child right were introduced to those so she has ostensibly had a life but as far as we know with her character she's like borderline sociopathic if not fully sociopathic and that's kind of what you were talking about there like you see her practicing her lines basically um to sound more natural and more human um and i think that's an interesting like take on that kind of like what what it's going for with the with the actual action of the story with her taking over other people and using them as vessels to to murder people 
and that's that's something that like feels grounded and and real in in a yeah. way because there's because there's so many people out there that are just so like attached to their careers and they see like their family as like more of an obligation right or a distraction or or a distraction and most movies that are about that are about their uh like trying to find their heart and their humanity so they can be closer to their like it's a wonderful fucking life mm-hmm. and like, not this one possessors it's a miserable life full yeah. of death and throat stabbings let's just say now we're in spoiler zone possessor is like no actually i think what i really want is to murder my family so that they're out of the way yeah yeah (laughs) um (laughs) yeah that's what Uh, we that's what we were talking about if you haven't already watched it and already feeling like shit yeah this 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 whole thing ends on such a Content warning for young child being murdered. Yeah. Although yeah, a young I, child kind of doing some of the murking himself in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jesus. Almost in like a in like a self defense kind of way. But well at not the really same though, because it was technically who we have not mentioned yet. Uh Jennifer Jason Lee kind of plays like the handler character. Yeah. Um, kind of similar she- to her character in Annihilation. Sure. Yeah, I see that. I mean, I think she's maybe getting typecast in that sort of role where she's like uh, a strong leader um, who is able to like be the kind of point person or whatever. But at the same time, she's like she's like kind of burnt out herself and right. is just kind of like sick of everything that she's doing. But she's but she's she still says going along at, with it anyway. She says at one point in the movie, like I can't uh, take over hosts anymore. So she's basically. Um, grooming Voss to take over as her like right. kind of number one assassin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you, because you see how this whole process just like just completely it fucks you up. Brain, I think is like, the point. <laughs> brain melts you. Yeah. And again, going back to like that scene where you see Voss take over um, Tate is like. It is really traumatic and it is very like that is one of the most horrific scenes in the movie, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And seeing like her body basically like melt away and then be remolded into his is is kind of cool. It's also interesting that like part of part of the experience for her seems like it's the only way like she can get off anymore as well. Like she seems completely uninterested in her own body, Mm -hmm. her own self. Um, But when it comes to taking over someone else, that is uh, she's horny. Let's just say when she jumps into that body, she like pretty much immediately tries to get laid. So I don't know what that's what the movie is trying to say specifically about that, um, that kind of sense of identity or, or whatever, or just being not being, fully comfortable um or satisfied in your own skin i don't i don't know if the movie is going for some kind of trans allegory there that's i was i was thinking about that i'm i'm not totally in a place to say yeah neither am i but i would love for for someone who has has more uh experience or has or has more like familiarity with with that world to like see this movie and like do some kind of analysis on it, you know? Yeah, I would read the shit out of an article like that. Mm-hmm. What it, what it has to say on like transhumanism, and there's certainly and, some some aspects of transhumanism, uh, if not you know uh, transgender identity, because um, yeah. there is like that. So again, that sort of like sci-fi kind of uh, melding of 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 human and technology um mm-hmm. i also like i like the um what do they call it the calibrations that they have to do where she just takes that big ass needle and just jams it right into her skull when she's that's, possessing somebody else that's very cronenberg yeah right there that yeah. reminded me of uh james wood's hand getting uh fucking molded into the pistol right in in videodrome yes of of a needle going into someone's body and just taking it over. Right. 
and then calibrating with like the the knob to like i guess go through like the range of emotions to kind of yeah recenter you i i guess is what they were going for there yeah all that is really cool all the like tech stuff in this movie i think is really well done and really it's, creative and original it's the only way she can really like figure out how to feel if you think about it because when yeah. she's uh when she when she's when she's herself, she's just so stone faced. Right. And, she's cold. And it's just she's, so out yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 So that's 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 interesting to to think about. So so we got this uh her target, Sean Bean. Right. Right. I almost forgot who, that who, uh, if uh, if you're gonna try to kill somebody in the a unkillable. Movie, that's, that's very uh that's very inspired casting. Which again, not to go back to Hitman again, but it's funny that Sean Bean is like the the main target here. I don't know if right. you played through that mission in Hitman Two where you have to go kill Sean Bean. That was a uh, that was a timed exclusive. Oh yeah, I guess they they definitely brought it back more than once. Yeah, but... they've brought back those elusive targets more than more than once, but I don't think at the moment the Sean Bean. Uh, kill is is available right but i did play i got him with the rubber duck what's that i got him with the rubber duck yes yes just drop it walk away blow that thing up but that's not how she gets sean bean in this movie no 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 and that's one of the biggest subversions of of this film where's that at uh yeah spoiler alert so yeah, this is full spoilers now, so we can talk about it. So, um, so she's got to kill Sean Bean by getting close to him via her his daughter's fiance. I want to say yeah, uh, maybe just boyfriend. I'm not. Just it doesn't boyfriend, matter. But who? Uh, Christopher Abbott. His name's Tate. He works for this data mining company. Oh yeah, I want to talk about that too. Okay, that yeah, you scene can, we is start cool. Start talking about that. Yeah, let's get into that because I really like that scene where they just put on the like VR head. There's something very uh, futuristic but also mundane about the tech in this movie that I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of Upgrade a little yeah. bit. Yeah, actually this movie in general um, reminded me of Upgrade, which I thought Upgrade was cool but didn't quite fully land for me. You know what I mean? Like, I thought Upgrade is a a cool movie that is enjoyable, but that's pretty much it. I didn't really think about it much more than that. It was this movie, I think. Yeah, it was definitely going for more of a uh, just like a genre thriller. Exactly. Yeah, this movie I think um, has a little bit more that you can sink your teeth in, and but is playing in like sort of similar thematic spaces. Right. But yeah, I I really loved the the scene where she has to go basically work a day. Uh, in Voss, in um, Tate's Tate's job, which is just he is a grunt in this very industrialized line of people who are all just data mining photographs like and VR videos sweatshop. and stuff. Pretty much, yeah. Which is just so bleak. Yeah, it's so bleak. But it also made me think about like there's probably you know minus like the VR part. There's probably similar situations going on where people are just sat at computers just data mining shit all day long mm-hmm. and that that's just man that is very bleak mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it it really gets this movie really gets under your skin yeah absolutely at points and it's so it's so perverted in a yeah in, in in that way too like like it it really leans in to all the most like uncomfortable and sexual aspects of this concept yep and uh and and it's not perverted in like a provocative way it's there's nothing it's, sexy about it no no it's it's the best just just like the best of his of his uh, his father's work um it it really leans into that with like you know, com- I've been comparing this movie to to Videodrome like pretty much the whole podcast. But yeah, it it that's what it definitely feels like. But I do want to make the distinction between you know Brandon Cronenberg and David Cronenberg, and like 
for as much as I, I like those, you know, that 80s body horror um, sort of era of Cronenberg, there is something a little bit, even though it is very gross, um, there's something more campy about it just by the nature of it, them being most of those movies just being like 80s horror movies. They have that level of camp where I think it depends on the movie. Yeah, I suppose so. But, I, you know, I'm thinking like Videodrome specifically or or The Fly, like maybe campy is the wrong word, but it is a little bit silly and over the top in ways, whereas Possessor is definitely takes a much more grounded approach and more of like a reserved approach, which I think is more successful, if anything, at, like you said, kind of getting under your skin um, and, and really like kind of twisting the knife on some of the stuff that's more of the like gross out or uncomfortable stuff. I have a feeling though that as uh, Brandon's career progresses and he becomes more comfortable and finds like more of his own voice, he's going to get way crazier and he's going to get uh, pr- probably more over the top if his career goes into, into a similar um, trajectory that David's career. I agree. But I think part of the, the point I was trying to make is I think with this movie, even though there are obviously um, – you can draw similarities and parallels to his father's work. I think he is already like well on his way to kind of carving out his own, his own sort of like identity and his own style here. Like there's yeah. influence for sure from it, from his father's style, but I, I think he's already on track to like really um, doing his own unique work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I would agree with that so should we talk about the uh the dinner scene yeah with, well i guess uh, we've talked we've covered um yeah we've covered how um voss takes over tate and uh has to spend some time at work and then yeah it's all leading up to this party right terrible time uh <laughs> impersonating him yeah to be honest because it's not quite working Right. As well as it should, which is just His another does not, does not existentially terrifying yeah. concepts. Yes. Is your yeah, body things are not s- fully sort of functioning? Falling apart for her mm-hmm. and uh like she's losing control kind of kind of from like the beginning, it seems like there's an issue going on. Mm-hmm. Which again I think goes to, you know, the the kind of damage that this process has on someone's psyche. Uh, and and probably you know physical body as well mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. just it's just icky the whole thing's just icky real icky real icky yeah so yeah. go on so she she's got to go to this party right to to murder sean bean mm-hmm. and i keep saying she i'm talking about voss who has taken over uh tate at this is, point isn't that interesting though it is, yeah. I mean, at this... no point is Tate. Well, I guess that's part of the third act, but she is—he is not in control at this point. Let's put it that way. Right. It's kind of kept ambiguous. A little bit, honestly. Well, I want to talk about I, that. I feel like, like it's a bit. I feel like it's a bit more ambiguous, and maybe on a second rewatch, like you'll probably pick up on more things. On like, hey, is this Tate or is this Voss? Right. Well, I think that's really like the main crux of the third act here. But like at this point, you know, kind of second act of the movie, um, that I guess that's the interesting thing is that like they pick you, you mentioned this, I think, earlier on. They pick hosts that would that could plausibly murder the target right on their own. Mm-hmm. Like they, they build a narrative around the idea that Tate is um, fed up with his girlfriend's father mm-hmm. who is um the head of this uh basically google stand-in i guess right mm-hmm. um and he is very much portrayed as just a complete fucking asshole anyway right so um you know it's it's plausible that he could go off the deep end and just murder uh his girlfriend's father and his girlfriend as well mm-hmm and when he does eventually at least uh, attempt to do it, it's it's so grimy. 
Yeah, he uses like um. Was of it a all the ways you can try and kill, yeah, uh, try and kill someone. A fire poker through the mouth. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and not very effective either, I guess. No. Because uh, as we later find out. Yeah. Spoiler alert: Sean Bean lives. He does not die. That part uh, made me like curl up into a ball. I couldn't. I, I know. couldn't look yeah, at it. Yeah, it, it was violent. Unlike his girlfriend, who definitely does die because he shoots her. Yeah. Yeah. See, now I'm back to he. Interestingly enough, yeah. There but I you guess there, that's I, and that's part of I guess where there, where there's that line blurs is. There's a point in this movie which happens after that scene where um, this guy who you think uh, initially is someone that works with Tate at the company, I guess, is a plant. Uh, by this assassination organization, which do they ever name themselves? I, I never remember. caught a name. I don't recall a name. Yeah, I don't think I caught one either. But anyway, um, he tries to come help Voss out because it seems like oh she's not able to 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 kill herself kill herself while she's in Tate's body, right. which is kind of the plan, right? Her exit strategy is to just to kill herself um but she's unable to do that seemingly because tate at that point has like enough influence that she can't pull the trigger and maybe it's also because she liked being in that body that is also a good uh good take that's what i was kind of reading is that she was like kind of enjoying it and like almost like embracing it in a way but Mm -hmm. Tate was like, nah, I want you the fuck out of here. <laughs> out, right. Yeah, which gets you to that scene again where he tries to recalibrate them. And that's another, I think that scene is probably my second favorite scene after the initial takeover is uh-huh. like the the internal sort of struggle between Tate and Voss where yeah. Tate just like you see her choke or you see him choke out Voss um, kind of in this like internal sort of imagined space uh where they do some cool like lighting effects and stuff like that and then i really like the 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 effect of when he chokes her out she kind of like pops like a balloon Mm -hmm. like a blow-up doll kind of looking thing um and then he puts in they've used some of this imagery for like the promotional material but like that image of like the mask of like a of uh a Voss mask that now Tate is wearing. They kind of like subvert it there. Mm-hmm. Um, which just looks really fucking creepy. It's the poster of the film. Yeah, it's very creepy. And uh, the even just hearing about it and just seeing the poster before I saw it, I was pretty unsettled by that image. Yeah, it's a very unsettling segment. Yeah. Because then it, it kind of turns around where... Tate now seemingly knows some things about Voss because their their streams are starting to cross and some of her consciousness is starting to bleed into his. So he now is able to kind of like suss out where her partner and daughter or um, son, I guess, lives Mm -hmm. uh, and like decides to like go take his revenge. Although I guess we're missing the part where he goes to his friend person who he's having an affair Mis- with yeah his mistress mistress i don't know um winds up murdering her as well yeah everything after the sean bean attempted execution that is where the movie really soared for me i yeah. thought that's where it like really picked up i was like i was like into it and enjoying it mm-hmm. uh, up to that point but after that i was like fully gripped well, it goes from more of like a slow burn sort of creeping dread kind of thing to just like almost more like uh safty kind of like good time sort of vibe where it's just like the everything's going lost wrong. control. Yeah, everything is going wrong. So, it just goes off the rails and it never really the pacing never really lets up from there either. No. Um and I guess not to just like walk through the plot here, but that kind of takes us to the end where like Tate winds up going to Voss's house or the house of her partner and uh, is basically threatening threatening them to try to get back at Voss. 
Mm-hmm. Or I guess try to figure out where she is at least so that he can I, – I don't know what his plan was to like try to murder her so he can get her out of his head or something like that. But um, that's kind of where the climax of the movie is and I guess that's going back to what you were suggesting there before is like at this point it's left ambiguous to I think great effect who is really in control here, mm-hmm. um, who is who is at the reins. Um where it just kind of seems like both of them kind of are down to just start murdering people. It's like a 50-50. Yeah, kind of a toss-up. Uh, I think it... Tate wants to murder um, Voss's uh, husband and son, and Voss is maybe kind of just down with it? <laughs> and it's you could also read into it that uh, Voss being in Tate's body... Uh, she is like exposing um, Tate's like subconscious desires. Right. I think that's part of the cynical part of this movie as well as it seems like that kind of base desire for both of these characters at least is just to inflict harm on people and kill people. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like the reason why uh, why Voss couldn't leave Tate is because like she's found herself like the perfect host, right? And she wants to continue this murder spree. That yeah, she's, she's she she just has just bloodlust. Yeah, because at yeah. this point, by the end of the movie, it racks up something like six kills or something like that. I want to say, yeah. uh, maybe five since Sean Bean doesn't die. But I'm sure James Agenis and and his channel will rack up the kills sooner or later. Oh, is channel. that like a, a Kill Count YouTube channel or something? Yeah, it's it's literally called Kill Count. All right, shout out Kill Count. <laughs> shout out to the Kill Count. <laughs> and he would cover something like this. Um, Yeah, ugh, like just going back to it, just thinking about it, this this, this movie is, is just really dour. Yeah. It's like most of the characters aren't very likable. No. And no, they, none of them are likable. <laughs> they all meet like really gruesome ends. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the movie still keeps you really compelled. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is which is not easy to do. No. It's a it's a very good dynamic that it sort of crosses. Because it's also under two hours long, I think. So it does definitely doesn't overstay its welcome or anything no. like that. Um, it, you're, I think the idea is you're supposed to be grossed out and maybe, um, uh, uh, appalled by what's going on, but at the same time, like you can't look away. Right. Which is sort of the same kind of like compulsion that you can see once Voss, I think really the bloodlust that she seems to have, like really takes over. Um, right. It's kind of a similar feeling. Yeah, man. Oof. <laughs> it's, it's pretty like, fucked up. I, I, I would highly recommend this movie, but it is not for the faint of heart. It is not a uh, good time. It's one of those movies that if you go around just recommending it to anybody, they're going to come back and be like, the fuck is wrong with you? You're a psychopath. Why didn't you tell me to watch this? The fuck is you? You're, you're sick? <laughs> but, you know, there's, you know, a certain last name attached to this, so... Like again, you you kind of probably already know what you're in for, uh, right. and if you don't, I mean, hopefully we've described it well enough that you can get an <laughs> idea uh, whether or not this is something that you might be interested in watching. But I think if you're yeah, if you're down for some gross out sci-fi horror thriller, this you can't go wrong with this movie with with some strong themes of control and identity and losing your identity or having it like and your humanity. Having also. yourself lose it and like giving it into like capitalism. Yeah, there's definitely an aspect of that. Although I don't think that's the most. It's not the most like the biggest egregious theme, yeah. but it's definitely there. And it's like, although this assassination job isn't really like like a capitalistic job, it still has that like losing yourself to the job, losing your own well, sense of self. Well, I mean, I guess from the aspect of like, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee's kind of like handler sort of a uh, character, like they're definitely in it for the money. Like they're right. they're trying to kill Sean Bean because it's there's going to be a big payday for them. Right. So there is that ad, that 
capitalism aspect to it. Yeah. And completely losing your humanity and giving in to that just just for the the sake of a paycheck. Yep. Selling out. Yeah. Literally selling out. And and wanting to sell out. Yeah. You know, that's the most disturbing part about it. Mm-hmm. Is is openly giving yourself and choosing to sell out. Well, you can definitely I mean, that is a real world theme. You talked about definitely. it kind of right up top how sometimes uh certain individuals might see things like their family or their their regular interactions as distractions just from their career or job or what have you. So that's what makes it disturbing. It's that it's believable. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's that's basically the long that's and the short possessor. I have to say about Possessor. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I was really into it. I really yeah. enjoyed it. And I do definitely want to watch it again at some point. Yeah. I think maybe, it would be a, a good one for the year podcast. We'll like we'll read we'll rediscover it and we'll think about new stuff to talk about. But uh but yeah. yeah, as as I'll, of right, I'll need to rewatch to to see where exactly it fits into my top 10. Right. But cool. yeah, that's that's possessor. That is possessor. I highly recommend. Likewise, very much so. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Jeremy. Happy to and join. thank you for for listening, dear listener. Uh, this is not the only podcast that Story Screen presents has. We have many other uh, great audio programs for you if you're interested. We have uh, some TV stuff with Cathode Raycast. We've got some some Trikine Nine, kind of going through the ages, checking out movies uh, throughout the decades, and uh, and a shitload of other hot takes. So there was just a tenet hot take. Uh, in our in our feed so jeremy and i did not join that podcast but we did watch tenet you want to so you want to you our... give a like a two minute hot take on tenet oh god uh <laughs> visually production wise pretty much everything that christopher nolan is good at he is good at again it looks and sounds tenet. very expensive and there's yes. some cool asset pieces in that movie there's some really but cool I wish... and, yeah I wish the rest of it was good because I don't yeah. think it is. Unlike Possessor, I had no emotional or like any kind of attachment to anything that was going on. I Certainly couldn't, not. I didn't know what was going on. And I know that's by design, but usually when, uh, when you make a movie that's confusing by design, you have to supplement that with other things to make you compelled i also think there needs to be some payoff there you know there needs to be kind of like a aha or like an oh shit moment where i guess it sort of does that but like not in a way that was satisfying to me just because i think i think part of the action of what was going on in that movie when you look at it from a distance or like write it down yes there's some timey-wimey stuff that's hard to wrap your head around but like the actual What's going on is not that confusing. I just think the pacing and the way it was presented makes it incomprehensible. Not to mention the sound mixing. The sound mixing was also not ideal. No. All right. I think that's our two-minute hot take on Tenet, unless yeah. you have any, any yeah. closing I mean, thoughts there. I mean, see it. It's like, you know, it's still playing in theaters. If you want to see it in the theater, practice as many safety measures as you can. Otherwise, it's not. Mm. I thought it was going to be a real pain in the ass to wear my mask throughout a, like a nearly three hour long movie. But I got to say, I was pretty comfy. Got yeah. used to it. I just stopped thinking yeah, about I it. Yeah, I forgot I had it on. It's not, my mask 100% is 100% only... of my brain power was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. That might be why. Yeah. My mask is only like an encumbrance when I'm like doing something like really active and I'm breathing and the fog is yeah. messing up uh-huh. my glasses. Yeah. Uh, we're both glasses boys and that, yeah. that fucking sucks. If you don't wear glasses, I don't ever want to hear you complain about a mask. You can, yeah, right. you can just shut up. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise I did not. Um, They should make masks that are like for movie theaters that are also like kind of like muzzles. So that you can like like really quickly like pour popcorn into 
So you can you're like chewing like a horse, like you're eating your popcorn like a horse, and maybe like I don't know, maybe like a second tube where you can like pour your drink into, so you can <laughs> so you can eat your popcorn and drink your drink at the same time while also I, I, wearing. I your think mask. you're onto a, a billion dollar idea, Jeremy. You should. Yeah. Uh, we should delete this section out of the the podcast, and then you can go ahead and and patent that idea. I'm gonna pitch it to Cinco. See what they Yeah, think. I think that would be a fine addition to the Cinco line of products. Absolutely. All right, Jeremy. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you again out there, listeners. Uh, you can check out Story Screen Beacon. Uh, no, sorry. Let me take that again. StoryScreenBeacon.com is our website where you can go check out all our other podcasts and articles and reviews and all other sorts of good content. You can go to Story underscore Beacon on Twitter and you can go to Story underscore no story underscore screen fuck it you know where all our social media stuff is i i've lost the thread here i think it's story underscore screen underscore beacon that's it yep and story underscore screen on twitter i know that for sure all right yes i've spoken long enough thank you again for listening thank you for joining me jeremy goodbye peace out (laughs) 